Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Game day, everybody, and welcome into the VolQuest Game Day podcast. It is the VFL Players Lounge, brought to you by the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports. Every single football game day, right here at VolQuest.com. I discuss uh, a number of topics: the Tennessee season, recapping the last game, looking ahead to the game coming up later today with a pair of Vol for Lives. And let's go ahead and bring that panel on today. First and foremost, former Tennessee offensive lineman, the father of Cooper Mays, the center, and of course, Cade Mays with the Carolina Panthers. This is Kevin Mays. Kevin, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, of course. Looking forward to talking about this uh, really, really good offensive line and uh, offense for Tennessee. And to get a defensive perspective, we had him on the Rocky Top Rewind earlier this year. Jonathan Hefney, former defensive back for Tennessee. What's up, Hefney? What's going on? How y'all doing? How everybody doing? Doing well. Doing really well. Guys, appreciate you having me on. And I appreciate you guys coming on here, and uh, man, it's it's been a fun season. I mean, Tennessee is a, a chance, I believe, since the first time since 2007 to win 10 games in a season, you know, and you got a, a game to go, of course, with Vanderbilt next week. Uh, Kevin, you have a unique perspective, but obviously as a former Vol and an alumnus, how much fun has this season been to watch Tennessee go out there and play football? It's really been incredible. You know, if you would ask me at the beginning of the season, um, you know, if you would have tried to sign a contract with me and said, "Hey, we're going to beat, uh, we're going to beat Alabama, we're going to beat Florida and Neyland, we're going to win at Pittsburgh on the road, we're going to go down to LSU and win down there, um, but we're going to get tripped up by the defending national champions and the top-ranked team in the country, Georgia," I would have signed up for it in a minute. You know, it's just been an amazing ride, and it's, you know, it's been fun. And uh, Knoxville's such a great town when things are going like they are now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's been a whole lot of fun, and and Jonathan, I don't I don't want to say I don't want to make this sound like it, I, I mean I wasn't expecting the season. I, I can say that you guys are a little bit different because of course you played there and you, you got that attachment and and you you want 10, 11 wins every single year. But are you maybe surprised at how well things have gone so far this year for Tennessee up to this point? Well, I mean, I kind of I kind of felt like we were gonna be good, and I'm always telling people that we are going to be good every year. That's just me. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the guys. I'm happy for the guys. And it feels good for me because I'm in South Carolina, and you see the T on the back of my truck. Anywhere I go, I got orange on. I feel like orange is my best-looking color on me. So <laughs> I'm 100% locked in even if we winning or losing, but it's, it's been amazing to see the guys doing good this year. I've been to a few games, got to see it personally. And, 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 um, I mean, I'm just proud of them and, and I just want them to keep going, man. I want this, I want this run to last forever, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a really good chance that it can last for not only these next two weeks, but 
a chance Tennessee can get in the playoffs. We'll talk a little bit more on that here in a moment. But, uh, Jonathan, you said you've been to a couple of games. I know you went to the Florida game. What are the games that you go to, and how's that atmosphere been inside the stadium? I feel like – I mean, it's always good, but I feel like it's been different this year. Well, I mean, it's, it's been a minute since I was able to go to a game, so I ended up going to the first game on a Thursday night. I went to see my daughter, and then I went to go to the game. And then um, and then I've been to the Florida game. I was at the Alabama game. Um I was at the – man, I forget the other one I was at too, but I'm definitely going to be down there this weekend in Columbia. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's just been great, man. The atmosphere was great. The Alabama game was crazy. I got some great videos from that game. And, um, I mean, <laughs> it's just been all love, man, out here. I'm sure you won't get that VIP treatment at, uh, at South Carolina like you do at Neyland Stadium though, right? Not at all. I mean, but I got a brother-in-law that was that's alumni there, and he was great there, so I can go with him. <laughs> <laughs> Good setup. Good setup. Kevin, um, you have the unique perspective to not only, you know, be a, a former ball and watch with pride every single Saturday, but, you know, Cade was here and played. Now he's gone with the Carolina Panthers, and Cooper is on that offensive line. I mean, how's it been playing parent this year for – a team that's really good, and you see the joy on Cooper's face and having fun, winning, and obviously playing good football. It's been amazing, you know, and it's like anything else. When you're winning, everything's smooth, right? And so it's been a great ride. Um, for I'm just so proud of Cooper, and I'm so glad that he's getting to participate um, in this great journey because um, it's been a long time since we went undefeated in Neyland Stadium. And um, that offensive line has had a lot of success this year. And, um, I mean, what a great chance in your career to be able to play with an amazing player like uh, Hendon Hooker and uh, uh, Jalen Hyatt and uh, Brew. I mean, and I'm, I, I'm not trying to leave off anybody like Cedric Tillman. I mean, you can name just keep going. But it's just been an amazing journey for Cooper, and I'm so proud of him. You know, earlier this week, that offensive line was named a semifinalist for the Joe Moore Award. And, it's funny because Cooper met with us in the media. I want to say it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was. And somebody said, hey, you know, did you guys know that, you know, you're in semifinals? He was like, yeah, yeah, we know. Uh, you know, we, we we talk about it every day. You know, as offensive linemen, you know, we don't have stats. We don't have highlights. Like, this is important to us. And, man, it was almost like chilling because it was like, okay, they – this was a goal that they set out for back in the offseason. You have the number one ranked offense, scoring offense, all that type of stuff. And, you know, you're really close to winning this award. It it looked like something really cool, very prideful group up front for that offensive line. They did set that uh, goal at the beginning of the season. Cooper's talked about it numerous times. Uh, they take a lot of pride in it. And they, you know, they feel like uh, they all play with a good chip on their shoulder. Um, you know, Darnell comes in as a five-star and then has a couple of rough years. Um, you know, and now he's kind of hit his stride. And, you know, uh, uh, Spragans comes in and not as highly recruited as some other kids. You've got uh, Jerome Carvin, who's just been a journeyman, who's been here, played his entire career out here and been through some crappy times. And um, and you've got Cooper. You know, Cooper plays with a big chip on his shoulder, you know. And, um, I mean, these kids are best friends. They set the goal to win the Joe Moore Award. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope they can finish strong. Um, I think their hardest – their hardest uh, tests are in the bank, you know. So, uh, I mean, they've done what they could do. And, you know, they've taken a few lumps here and there. But they uh, they just go back and play one play at a time. And they play good. They play really good as a unit and have great chemistry. 
why I love football so much. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's, it is literally, I mean, no disrespect to the other sports, but I mean, it's the ultimate team game. And just taking this example for the offensive line for, um, you know, for an example, 10 sacks given up the last two weeks, you know, that that's not been Tennessee's brand of football in that offensive line. Cause it's been so good, but it's not just those five. I mean, you've got tight ends, you've got running backs, Hendon hooker plays a role in that as well. And I, I just think the cohesiveness and the ability to play so well this year, even the last two weeks when they had you know a big win against Missouri and obviously the struggles at Alabama or Athens, um, it's been something to, to, to behold, something to be seen. Uh, Jonathan played some pretty good defensive back back in your day. Have you ever? I'm sure you played against some good quarterbacks, but who who kind of reminds you of this guy right here? Who did you play that was in total control of the game and it seemed like everything he did. He was just putting up highlight after highlight back in the day because that's what Hendon Hooker's doing right now. Man, um, man, I ran into Jamarcus Russell <laughs> when he was really lighting it up. Um, I ran into Brady Quinn my freshman year. He was a stud also. Man, then Jay Cutler lit us up in 05. <laughs> it, was, it was rough that game. Um, I would say, I mean, as far as – Jay Cutler was just nasty. And I mean, he can make every throw. He had control of the game. And I mean, we just really caught them at the wrong time <laughs> in that season or whatever. But I would say Jay Cutler was just lighting it up. But Hendon Hooker is completely different as far as like his ability to move. You know, Jay was just straight in the pocket and he was gunslinging. But Hendon can do everything, man, and, and, and the deep balls that they they connecting with, man, and and how fast that offense is going, man, it's it's legit. Like I thought about it the other day, I was like, man, I could not be out here running around with them, spreading <laughs> like this, and they going so fast, and and it's just fun. It's it's it seems like it's a fast break, you know, offense or whatever for basketball. But you know, like man, it's it's big time, and uh, and I'm just I'm just excited to see how it progressed, you know, because he came in last year, you know, towards the end and, and really was, you know, they were, he, they were showing something. And to see it now, man, it's, I, I, I can't, I really can't express right now, like how, how, how happy I am for him. But like, it's, it's, it brings me a lot of joy just to see them, how they're doing and how hard they're playing, how they're playing together. You know, I kind of be in Knoxville every once in a while and catch them. And like, I see them, I really might not say much, but like they all together, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how we was, you know, back in 07, like you couldn't see us not being with each other. You feel what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So like it was it's it's good to see that and good to see how hard they're playing for each other and playing together. And I feel like the their their coach, you know what I mean, hypo. I mean, I think they're a plan for him. He's a great motivator. And I you know, I just hope they keep it rolling. Yeah, and I mean the, the expectation isn't gonna keep it rolling here today against South Carolina. It's you play the game, you gotta show up. You can't you, you can't just under undervaluate any opponent and everything. But you got South Carolina and Vanderbilt, two winnable football games to finish mm -hmm. off the season. And, you know, Kevin, from your perspective, a former offensive lineman, Hendon Hooker, what has he been doing so well this year? I mean, obviously, you got to make the throws. you got to make the right reads. I just feel like Hendon kind of has – you saw a little bit last year, like Jonathan was saying. I feel like Hendon just kind of has that it factor. You know, there were a couple of plays, Alabama game, of course, but Florida game, you know, third and ten. I think Tennessee was on his ten-yard line, got a guy – screaming up the middle he moves in the pocket hits Princeton fan for a first like those type of plays I feel like Hendon just kind of has that it factor and I mean he might win a Heisman trophy you know if CJ Stroud kind of stumbles down the stretch here what have you seen from Hendon Hooker 
Well, he has that it. Let me tell you what else he has. He has the respect of the entire team. Yeah. And that's huge. And they love that man. And uh, another thing about Hendon is that they really have confidence in him. They, they believe he can do that. They truly believe every time the ball snapped that it could possibly go to the house. You know, and it's a unique offense in that the offensive line doesn't really know every time the ball snapped where the ball's going, okay? And you'll see a lot of times, I mean, there's quick passes that happen and the offensive line's run blocking, and they just they have confidence in him. And, and, and Hendon has a unique ability. Um, he has a unique ability to escape the pocket um, and, and turn, you know, uh, you know, chicken white into chicken salad a lot of times. <laughs> and that, and that's huge, you know, because there's a lot of pockets, there's a lot of quarterbacks that stand in the pocket and they can't make that happen. And that Jonathan can tell you from a defensive back standpoint, it's hard to defend a man that can run the ball 20, 30, 40 yards down the field when he escapes out of the pocket. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and this offense has been so on points really every single game this season. I mean, you had Tennessee going up against Missouri last week, and I understand the overall record wasn't fantastic, but Missouri had the 13th-ranked defense in the country. I mean, they played – talk about improvements from last year. They played really, really good defense, and to see what Tennessee's offense still did against kind of that group. Um, Kevin, from uh, again, from that offensive perspective a little bit, and we know the pre-snap penalties, what, what went wrong against Georgia – and I know they have good players too – what went wrong against Georgia to maybe put a stop to what Tennessee's been doing all year long? So first of all, the crowd was—I mean, I mean, it was chaos. Okay, it was one of the loudest environments that I've been in. Um, so they created a lot of uh, chaos uh, amongst the snap count. I seen Cooper several times. He was snapping the ball like it was little league football, looking between his legs, you know, because they—they they didn't have an answer for the hand clap snap. Second thing Georgia did was they walked their DBs up and they grabbed Tennessee's uh, wide receivers as soon as the ball was snapped. Um, Georgia got called for it five, six times. Uh, but early in the game, they were, it seemed like they weren't calling it. Um, but as the game progressed, they started calling it more and more and more. And that took Tennessee off of its tempo, got mm -hmm. us out of balance. They brought a lot of pressure. Um, you know, they removed a linebacker from the game, brought another defensive back safety type guy in. They were blitzing him off the corner. We didn't really have an answer for him. We couldn't block him. I can't remember if he was number 22 or number 24. Um, but they brought a lot of pressure. Um, you know, like half the sacks they had was from a defensive back that was blitzing. And we just never did uh, – we never, never had an answer for that. And, you know, just unfortunately, where we have connected on a few long passes, we missed a couple just by a step or two. And, you know, just sometimes the breaks, when they go – when they don't go your way, you know, uh, you lose momentum. Um, we had some penalties. And, you know, in the end, you know, we were just a little bit outmatched. I think if Tennessee plays Georgia on a neutral site, um, I think that we will do better. I think the kids uh, know what to expect now. Um, you know, Georgia plays, has played in many, many, many of those games. And we have not played in many of those. Okay. And, you know, you got to, hey, you got to have a couple heavyweight fights. And every once in a while you get punched in the mouth and get knocked down and, but I got a lot of confidence in this team. Um, I really like where we're at, and I really like the way uh, Josh Hoppel leads these kids. And, uh, you know, I look forward to how everything plays out. I'm excited. I'm just like, John. I mean, every day, I really just can't believe it. I have to pinch myself because, man, we yeah. were, you know, we were just so far back. And I remember hearing people 
even before the season this year, you know, well, we're still three, four, five years out, you know, but we're, we're turning the corner and then bam, here we are, you know, yep. and it's just, it's just been an unbelievable ride, but I'm, I'm anxious to see how the, the next two games work out um, and, and what happens, you know, the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I'm. I think we all are. Um, you know, the college football playoff committee the other night actually gave Tennessee a lot of praise because I mean it's true. If if LSU were to run the table, uh, they've clinched the West. If they were to run the table and beat Georgia, there is an honest conversation about a two loss SEC champion going to the college football playoff. It's never happened before. It almost happened with Auburn in 2017. It's not a gimme, but it's a it's a very real reality. Could there be three SEC teams in that situation or? You know, would would they really put an LSU team in the playoffs where Tennessee beat them by however many it was on their home field? The the fun conversation to have, you know, we were talking before we got on here, Kevin, like there's four or five things that Tennessee would like to happen over the last two weeks. But really, if just one or two of them happen, you're 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 feeling really good going in there. And it's just I mean, it's it, it is truly exciting to to be a part of it, to cover it, to watch it as a fan. It's been fun. Jonathan, I want to ask you this, kind of on this offensive side again, uh, the perspective there, but from a defensive back looking at it, Tennessee plays with so much eye candy. Um, Josh Heupel now with Skullish, they have so many new wrinkles, and I love picking up on those in my rewatch. You know, every single Sunday, mm-hmm. you had uh, you know motion, Dylan Sampson motioning in, you had tackle over, you had Jalen Hyatt hiding behind the guard, running a wheel route, getting matched up again. You take the corner away, getting matched up with linebackers. As a defensive back with all that eye candy, how difficult is it to stay disciplined and, and play your assignment against an offense like Tennessee right now? I mean, it just depends on what teams are playing. Like, like, like you said earlier, like, um, like with Georgia, they walked up on them. They walked up on them and they knew they was gonna play man and they sent blitzes, and that's that's how they took away half of the eye candy. If you sit back there in that zone, like Alabama did. <laughs> you dead meat. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty much depends on what you want to do. Like, as far as, like, as a DB, me watching it, if I play safety, I'm everywhere, you know. But you still have your keys. A lot of kids nowadays, they really not reading their keys. And I watch it, and I can see it before it's happening because you can already see their eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your first thing you're watching as a DB is your eyes. So if your eyes not in tune to what's going on and watching your keys, you're going to be everywhere. There are two cornerbacks playing for Tennessee right now that if you would have asked me back in fall camp and said, you know, Brandon Turnage, who is a cornerback, and he was practicing at cornerback, but you know, he was down there on the depth chart a little bit. And then Danico Slaughter, who's been a special teams guy for three years and playing safety. If you would have told me that those two guys would start the last couple of games of the season and and play really well at the cornerback position, I'd say you're crazy. Um, you know, and, and the injuries kind of forced that hand a little bit. But those two guys playing cornerback right now, they've brought something. Turnage has instinct. And I'm not a defensive back, clearly. Turnage has instincts. And Danico Slaughter plays like a middle linebacker out on the perimeter. Um, I mean, what have you seen from those two guys outside that you've really liked over the course of the last couple of weeks? Because they've they've been playing some really good ball. Yeah, um, Slaughter reminds me a lot of Jason Allen. <laughs> yeah. Just watching him, how physical he is. He's coming up to make hits. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and the other one reminds me of Jonathan Wade. <laughs> he's more of the cover guy. He got instincts. He's going to make some tackles. He's going to make some plays. You know, so, like, that's how I put it together when I watch guys and, you know, watch him play. 
But I remember my freshman year, Jason Allen was hitting everything moving. You couldn't throw the ball over there to him. And that's the way Zero is playing right now. That's what I call him. But that's the way Zero is playing right now. So, like, I mean, just I guess you trusting in your coach. Coach has to have confidence in him. And he's mm -hmm. coaching them up very well. They know what they're doing. They're reading their keys. They're going out there making plays. And they're playing physical. And I'm sure the rest of the DBs back there is enforcing it, you know, as they come in. Like, all right, this your time to shine, you know. And and playing well as a team, you come in and you don't want to let nobody down. So no. you're going to go out there and give everything that you got, every single practice, every single play. So that's what I think they're doing, man. And the guys look good back there in the secondary. You know, I hear some people, you know, kind of talking. But, you know, as a DB, sometimes you got to give and take, man. Sometimes people going to get beat. You know, you got guys <laughs> that might make plays. Like, like, it's nothing you can do about it. But the fan, a lot of fans really don't get it. And it kind of makes me mad because I, I'm a DB. So, like, I'm like, man, just just let the guys play. You know, it's week nine. You know, week nine or ten. And it's, everything's going to happen, you know, the way it's going to play out. They keep playing hard. They keep making plays. You really won't have to worry about it. Because if the offense is going to still do what they're doing, the defense has been making plays when they need it, when they need to make the plays. Yeah. So, you know, get better. <laughs> fans fans living down every single play and, and, it, and it, it's fun and of course you know the offensive line you know, Jalen Carter's a good player hey I mean you know sometimes you're going to lose some on the offensive line at, at yeah. defensive back whatever it's just kind of how it is but Jonathan I do feel like this defense though it, it's it's settled in a little bit I mean look at the stat sheet it doesn't look great and everything because you, you know mm -hmm. Florida Anthony Richardson had a great game and, and Bryce Young best player arguably in the country won the Heisman line I mean players gonna make plays I think this defense has really settled in, and, and I feel like it's gotten better. Defensive lines continue to get better. I feel, I feel like the linebackers are playing so consistent right now, yes. and I'm sure it also helps to have two veteran safeties. McCullough back now as well with Trayvon Flowers. Two veteran safeties back there that can kind of settle everybody down when there's been so many different guys back there. Mm -hmm. Well, I love Flowers. I love the safety. And, I mean, we just – I think the guys are just going out there playing – you know, as a group, the linebackers are really good. They they're really fast, and they're making plays. Um, I can't I can't remember the kid's name, number twenty four, but I love him. Every time I see Beasley. him, yeah, I love him. <laughs> I have to follow him on Instagram so I can keep up with him and check him out. But him and um and Banks thirty three, and I love him always. I have to send him a message to let him know, hey, I wore thirty three. I love thirty three. <laughs> I, I love the way you playing. You feel what I'm saying? So like. Yeah. The way they're playing, they're playing together, man. It's just they built, they built it from week one all the way to now, you know. And you've seen them making plays early in the year that gave them confidence against Pitt, you know. And then once they hit that SEC run, and, you know, we beat Florida, we we ran through LSU. I feel like they get better every every week, you know. Georgia game was a, it, it was just everybody, you know, just had an off game. I feel, but I felt like they hung in there that game. You know, they only gave up twenty seven. Now, I remember former saying we're giving up 17, you know, we pretty much do our job. So, <laughs> and um, I mean, I just feel like they'll just continue to get better every single game. And, you know, it's down to the end now. So it's, you know, we're going to start picking it up. Hopefully, hopefully we start picking it up every game and they can feel the moment and experience the moment and just be in it. Last thing here, then we're going to start preview and talk a little bit about today in Tennessee, South Carolina. But I, I do have one more defensive question for you, Jonathan, kind of on that note. The game has changed, right? And you know, the days of keeping offenses under 17 points, I mean, that is, for the most part, I mean, that is long, long yeah. gone. As a defender, how's that make you feel right now? It, it, it's got to be, I mean, it's fun to watch everything, especially when you're on your team, but 
as a defender, you're still kind of like, oh, man, too many points, right? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, as, as far as, like, the rules also that makes the game, you know, a little harder and makes it, you know, make it faster mm -hmm. and make it more free is, like, you know, just free, just free football. So, like, I kind of watched the play. I think I seen a play where one of our guys, like, came in to get that last little shot because the whistle hadn't blown. And I was like, man, I haven't seen that, you know, in the NFL or in college, you know, in a long time because, you know, so many rules. But I just think the way we come out and play and the way that the game is played now, I feel like 24 points should be good, you know, as far as like 17 back when I was in, you know, 15 years ago. Oh. <laughs> and, and to now, like 24 points is good. So, I mean, I, if that, I feel like if we hold a team to 24, we're doing our job. The game has certainly changed a little bit, and, uh, you know, for a team, because the team's like Tennessee, you know, putting up an average of, gosh, I think right now it leads the nation 47 and a half or something, whatever it is. You got 66 last week and against a pretty good uh, pretty good defense. Also, your last two possessions you just scored was of the backup quarterback. So, you know, everybody wanting to, wanting to front on Tennessee for that, who's trying to make a college football playoff. Uh, was with the backup quarterback. We're going to come back here, going to get a message quickly from our friends over at the Volunteer Club, Tennessee and South Carolina, coming up tonight, 7 o'clock. And, of course, you can follow along and listen. Ball Radio Network, a game will be on ESPN. But follow us on the General's Quarters. Uh, we'll have a live in-game thread. You can follow us on Twitter, of course, at VolQuest underscore on three. Uh, but this, po this uh, podcast is uh, made by... Spire Sports brought to you by the Volunteer Club, and I really appreciate them for making this happen each and every day. The VFL Players Lounge right here on VolQuest.com. The game has changed and Spire Sports is here. With name, image, and likeness arriving, your orange fandom can now be put into action. Visit thevolunteerclub.com and become a member. 90% of every dollar generated through the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire, will go directly to athletes to improve the student-athlete experience at Tennessee. It's not just about winning the next game. It's about next season. It's about the next generation. It's about the Tennessee legacy. Join at thevolunteerclub.com. That's thevolunteerclub.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll go back into the VFL Players Lounge. I am Eric Kane right here at BallQuest.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and like this uh, video. Let's get it to 500 likes, and please subscribe to BallQuest on YouTube if you haven't already. VFL Players Lounge, like you just saw right there, brought to you by the Volunteer Club. We got Kevin Mays and Jonathan Hefney on with us here today, and it's going to be a big challenge. Kevin, Tennessee hits the road. Last time, obviously, was in Athens. It didn't go too well, but... They get rowdy for Steelers games. It wasn't that rowdy for the Pittsburgh Panthers at 3.30 in the afternoon. 
Um, LSU, I'm not sure anybody was awake at that point and didn't come back after halftime because the way the game was going. It's going to be another raucous environment tonight. How, as an offense and as a football team, do you try to handle that better this go-around compared to a couple weeks ago? Well, what you're hoping for is that when you get into South Carolina this week is, is that, first of all, I hope we have a few more people travel and that we can get some uh, tickets. You know, we didn't have a very good showing at Georgia. They just didn't let the tickets go. And if you were fortunate enough to get tickets or, I mean, you you had to be very, very wealthy, really. It was crazy. So hopefully we can get a bunch of tickets. We get a good fan base show up and we need to get out early. We need to score a couple of times quick. Nothing does better than shutting the crowd down than a couple of quick scores. So um, I hope that we have good tempo. I hope that we take care of the football. And um, if we do that, we don't have as many penalties. We take care of the football, no turnovers, and we take care of the kicking game. You know, I think we can control the game today in the first, uh, you know, quarter and a half, and that's going to calm that crowd down, and that's going to make a big difference and let us settle in. You know, look at the difference between what happened at LSU with turnovers, uh, with scoring quick, mm-hmm. and then the difference at what happened to Georgia and how the momentum changes. So that's going to be the key to the game. Jonathan, when you look at uh, the guy calling the shots over there at South Carolina, um, Spencer Rattler, transfer from Oklahoma, got a lot of hype. 2020 had a fantastic season. Um, he mm-hmm. lost his job last year to Caleb Williams, who is in return a pretty good quarterback himself. Things have not gone the way for Spencer Rattler so far this year in the SEC. Eight touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, he's ran for a little bit, two rushing scores, completing 65% of his passes. But he's the type of guy, in my opinion, to where if he's on – and you're allowing him to get away with things defensively, he's good enough to make things interesting, good enough to win a football game. What have you seen from Spencer Rattler so far in his career that you know, you'll know you like about his game and that Tennessee will obviously have to look out for on defense? I mean, I know I really haven't watched him as much in Columbia this year, but I just from watching him in the past, man, like he was really making plays, and he make plays out of the pocket. He can make throws in the pocket. You know, and if you like, like you said, if you give him time and give him opportunity to get the ball down the field, he gonna chunk it and get it down the field, man. He, I thought he was a really good player. I thought that they never should have took him out, but it seemed like after they take him, took him out from Oklahoma, he just went downhill. But I mean, you really just have to be on your toes, man. You know, whoever you playing in the SEC is an SEC game. If they got a quarterback and he a big time quarterback, man, and, and like like he was or like he still is, I believe. You know, you just have to be on your toes and, and go out there and, and, and shut them down early and, you know, get some scores on offense and just make it easier for the defense. Do they use they, – they, they throw the ball to their running backs a little bit. They've got – they added a lot over Ooh. the offseason, and, and they really utilize that transfer portal. Spencer Rattler, his teammate from Oklahoma, tied in Austin Stogner's there. They went to Wake Forest and got a running back in Christian Bill Smith who um, has five rushing touchdowns in seven games this year. Jaheim Bell might be the most um, kind of like the way Tennessee uses Princeton fan, but instead they'll line Bell up in the backfield and run between the tackles. I mean, they actually use him as a as a running back and as a tight end, though he is a tight end by trade. The challenges as a defender in stopping an offense that does a lot of intermediate stuff. They use their tight ends, they use their running backs and all that type of stuff. As a defender, how do you kind of approach a game like that? Is it just try to keep everything in front of you, rally and make some tackles? Um, I mean, you keep everything in front of you and you rally to the ball. Wherever the ball going, that's where you get to. Um, I feel like we'll probably put a good little bit of zone since since they are throwing the ball, you know, in the flats maybe to the running backs, trying to get it to them. Um, I know their running back coach is Monterio Hardesty, I feel yep. like. So 
you know, he's putting the game to him and, and, and telling them, you know what I mean, this is what we're going to have to do. This is how we got to run the ball. And I feel like that's why their running backs are talented. But he, I think he has a lot to do with them also. So, I mean, you just put you put your game plan together. You fly to the ball. Everybody make a, get, get, a, get a hat on somebody. And I think you can keep it in front of you and everything will be good. Kevin, it was not a good defense for South Carolina last year in defending the run. Uh, this year, it's not good either. Uh, they're, they're averaging 192 yards uh, given up per game. Of course, last week is kind of nominally. I mean, they give a 374 yards to Florida on the ground. I mean, that that that's hard to do. But I do think there's going to be some opportunities for Tennessee's run game. Um, good run, good run showing last week with three running backs, and of course, Hendon got involved as well. You know, what have you seen from South Carolina that thinks that that can that can all, all also happen? But also, if you're an offensive lineman, I feel like this is a game where you're just kind of licking your chops, saying, "All right, we can go out here and ball down and, and, and run the football and kind of set the tone and energy of the football game." Absolutely, because I think you're going to see South Carolina today. They're going to they're going to stay back. They're not going to want to get beat with the long pass. They're going to want to put an extra defender in there, and then. Hopefully, hopefully the offensive line is going to make them pay. We're going to have some good runs, establish a strong running game, and it's a great opportunity for us today. Because you listen, when you play against Hopple's offense, you got to pick your poison. You know, you got to pick, and you got to, you know, you got to say, look, we're either going to play press coverage and take our chances, and then you've got the chance to get beat with long balls, or you can say, look, we're going to stay back a little bit, and then he starts throwing those quick passes sideways and, still, and throwing the quick slant. Well, in the midst of all that, if you take that linebacker out of the game to cover that fourth receiver, then all of a sudden we start running right at you. So um, it's a hard it's a hard game plan. And listen, let's not make, make any mistakes about this. There's not but two or three teams in the country that have the talent at defensive back to do what Georgia did um, strategically against us. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, you know, they got a couple guys over there that are definitely going to be first rounders you know, uh, more than one. And I'm not talking about – I'm not even talking about the guy, guys in the middle of the defense. I'm talking about these cover guys, right, mm -hmm. these guys that are out there playing press coverage. South Carolina is not going to be as fortunate to have those type of players, but it's important to understand that this is SEC football. Spencer Rattler can go off at any given minute, okay? <laughs> he can go off at he, – he, look, all these dudes are on scholarships. All these dudes lift weights. And Spencer Rattler is a quality quarterback and can be dynamite in the right night. He's the type of player that if he's playing basketball, hey, he's not been scoring but 14, but every once in a while you look around and he got 42, right? <laughs> and that's the kind of player Rattler is. So, you know, the defense has to play hard, and that's the, the key to our defense all year. If you go and look, it's the energy level that the defense plays with as a team. Very, very high energy, Okay. And when we're on the ball offensively, we need fast, fast tempo. We need to tire them down. And I think in the end, we will have a lot of success running the ball. And I look for Jalen Hyatt. I look for him to step up. This is going to be the game of his life. You know, I, I don't think he will match what he does at Alabama. But I think you will see him. Uh, he's thinking hard about this game. And hopefully he don't press too much and he don't try to play outside himself. You know, so I'm not trying to put extra pressure on that young man, but selfishly, I want him to explode, right? I want him, I want him to live the dream that he's always dreamed the last five years, four, three years, whatever, right? 
He's going home. You always want to put on a show when you're going home. And you guys might know this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, Hefty, you probably do know this. He played state championship games, plural games, in this stadium. He scored touchdowns in this stadium. He's going to have a whole lot of friends, family on hand. And as a South Carolina guy, Jonathan, I mean, how big would it be for Jalen Hyde to go in there and just have a good game? Yeah, don't put a lot of pressure on him. I mean, he's probably not going to outdo what he did against Alabama. But just go there and have a good game because – you know he wants it. It's been the talking point this week. Listen, I watched him. I'm from Rock Hill. I watched him. And we got some good players down here in South Point and, you know, Rock Hill, Northwestern. Man, I watched him kill every team. <laughs> My nephew is 13 now. He's been talking about Uncle Jay. You know Jalen Hyatt? I said, yeah, <laughs> go to Dutch Fork. He is good. I said, and so once I finally seen him in person in high school, I said, oh, you know, okay, he is like that. But man, just going just going back to South Carolina, him being a South Carolina guy, I know when I went there, when I when we went back home and I was from South Carolina, I was amped up from the first day after the last game, knowing we was going to Carolina that week. So I know he's probably the same way. He probably have 40, 50 people at the game. <laughs> he going he's really trying to get off. And he's from Irmo, so he's right there in Columbia. So I know it's gonna be plenty of people from that area going to the game, a lot of old friends. He gonna show out. I can see two or three, maybe three touchdowns. One, and he blow a little kiss to the family. You feel me? Like that's just what I'm seeing for him. And you know, I just want him to go out there and have fun, man. Get back and and go off on South Carolina. That's the goal from a guy coming from South Carolina going back home to play. How do you, how did you control your emotions that week and and on game day? Because I'm sure he's gonna be so pent up, ready to go. But you also got to dial it back and just continue to do what you've always done. I mean, me personally, I just went all out. It didn't matter. <laughs> I knew we was playing. I know I'm playing home. I get a chance to play in front of my family again. There's guys that hadn't seen me play since high school. You amped up, but you, that's going to be the juice that you need going into the game. I mean, always, you know, you got to have your, your composure, you know, as far as going into the game and playing in the game. But, man, I'm home. I, I'm on a show out for the family. Let me get the first two, three touches. Let me do something. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> that's how you get rid of it. It's kind of hard to believe not only does Tennessee have a chance to win today, uh, an opportunity to win next week and finish the season 11-1, and an opportunity to get in the college football playoff. Hendon Hooker is right in the thick of the Heisman race. Jalen Hyatt should be as well in the he- in the Heisman race, in my opinion. But, I mean, he and Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, front and center for the Bolitnikoff. Uh, when you win, good things happen. And you win because you have good players and good scheme and all that, and certainly Tennessee is – is going through that right now. All right, last thing I got for you guys, and I can't thank you enough for joining us. It's been a whole lot of fun. Tennessee and South Carolina coming up later today. I need a bold prediction, so it could be Jalen Hyatt, four touchdowns or whatever. I need a bold prediction, and then I need a score prediction if you want to give one uh, for Tennessee and South Carolina coming up today. Hefney, lead us off here. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you want who, who's scoring the most touchdowns? or, or Just whatever you want, man, just a bold oh, prediction. I mean, I can see – I see us. I see us dropping fifty-two on them. Okay. <laughs> I see us dropping fifty-two. I see Jalen with three touchdowns, Hennon with four touchdown passes and two runs, maybe or something like that. <laughs> I like it because Hendon's from North Carolina, so I mean he's mm-hmm. kind of that same thing. You feel what I'm saying? So that's my prediction. I think we'll win like fifty-two to maybe nineteen. The I think the line is 21 and a half right now, maybe 22, whatever it is. 
it's an SEC road game, so it's not going to be a gimme. But, right. Kevin, what do you got? Score, if you want to give one, of course, a bold prediction as well. I'm going to go with uh, 45-21 Vols, okay? I'm going to say Jalen Hyatt catches two touchdowns. Uh, Hendon's going to throw for 350, and we're going to rush for 275. Mm. <laughs> I was waiting on the rush. That offensive lineman, you, you, you know, th- that's when you take pride in. So I was waiting on it. You, you got it in there, so I like it. <laughs> Guys, appreciate it. Thank you so much. This has been a really good episode here at the VFL Players Lounge. Kevin Mays, former Tennessee offensive lineman. He's the father of Cooper Mays, the center. Um, father Cade Mays, VFL as well, playing for the Carolina Panthers. Kevin, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Jonathan, good to be with you. Thanks, Kainer. Which, hey, if you uh at the game, I'm going to have to reach out to you. I'll come and find you. Okay. All right, brother. And that's Jonathan Hefney as well, of course, a former really good defensive back at Tennessee. Guys, thank you so much. Ball for life, baby. Yes, Appreciate sir. BFLs, baby. All right. Good stuff there. That was awesome. Great stuff there from Kevin Mays and from Jonathan Hefney. And then I'll do it. The VFL Players Lounge. Big thanks to the Volunteer Club, Inspire Sports, for making this possible every game day right here on VolQuest.com. It's the VFL Players Lounge with two former balls. Hey, Dial in the journal's quarters all game long. We'll have a live game thread going. I'll be in there. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore Kaner. That's me and at VolQuest underscore on three for continual in-game live coverage of Tennessee at South Carolina. We got plenty of pregame coverage as well. Postgame coverage. You don't want to miss it. VolQuest.com for all that. But hey, appreciate you guys for tuning in. This has been the VFL Players Lounge. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.